0: Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real-life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. One of the things that I love about what you do and what Commonly Well does is the way you're looking at data to improve clients' lives and clients' experiences. Can you talk with me a little bit about some of the data points that you find to be really helpful to be tracking in behavioral healthcare settings as a best practice? What data points do you recommend people should be looking at?
1: From a starting perspective, just process um, and process mean, being, if you don't have a handle on the total number of people that are in your census. Like it's oftentimes that I will talk to a behavioral health leader and I'll say, What's your annual census? And they'll go, uh like that's the first number you need to know. You need to know the date, the moment you wake up, you should look at a sheet or a dashboard or a report that says yesterday you admitted X. And that is uh in the last week, you've admitted Y. And in the last month, you've admitted Z, right? You need to know those numbers like that. Um You need to know your fall off. So maybe AMAs are just people that leave early. You need to know those numbers. How many people are making appointments versus not? Um, Like these are all like conversion type numbers, but they're proxies for something else. They're Mm -hmm. proxies for quality. They're proxies proxies for how your people engage the people you serve.
0: You know, you're also talking about when people are leaving early, right? And oftentimes people really have the best idea data-wise when it comes to their marketing, whether the marketing is working or maybe on their um, intakes, right? But you also wanna be looking, and I just wanted to throw this little extra piece in there, you're talking about looking at people leaving early or against therapeutic or medical advice. You also wanna be looking at the, some social determinants of health around there too, right? Are we more successful with this demographic or this demographic? Certain therapists working out way better with this demographic than this demographic. Where are we best serving our clientele too? And that will also help just on a business standpoint. I wanted to throw that in there as well as on the quality side
1: kind of fascinating. Uh, a lot of people sort of diminish the importance of demographic data. Um, but those characteristics, as you just said, can, especially in behavioral health, be illuminating to a lot of different things. Um, you know, the the people who engage that are therapists or otherwise, um, you know, we bring our own biases in to things, and whether it's you know intentional or not, if you could stratify your practice by therapist and then by patient demographic, and then maybe like a third measure, just like let's just call it treatment affinity. Do people think their the treatments working for them? As a simple one, which by the way, it's an easy question to get at, Mike. I could have you in for a group session tonight along with 20 others. You leave 10 minutes later, we kick you a text message and just ask you on a scale of one to seven was tonight helpful for you to turn or not. Right. And you gather that data, take it against your demographics and you put it against that therapist and against all the other therapists. And I guarantee you, you will see a population or a profile of people that don't connect With a particular therapist, not because the therapist is bad, but what you start to find is, oh, that therapist does better with these people. So what should you do as of yesterday, you should start navigating those types of people to that therapist. Like you just should.
0: We talk in this field so much about the key to success being a longer length of engagement with the client and and their treatment, whatever that is. And it's the same thing with any kind of healthcare, right? It's the engagement of the practitioner and, and the client or the patient. And that therapeutic alliance is so important. If you don't have a good alliance with, with that practitioner, then you're also at a significant disadvantage. So understanding that will improve outcomes as well as your business.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the data in the research does suggest that that longer term care has better outcomes. But, you know, if you read enough of those studies, what you tend to find is that it's, it's sort of an over over oversampled it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bias because of the oversampling of that particular population, they stayed in longer. So they're probably going to have better outcomes. It's like, but that's okay. I'm not going to knock that. Right. Um, But I, I I would say the counter to that is thinking about go back to the example that I mentioned earlier of of TV show, The Bear. You know, in hospitality and in restaurants, you have somebody that comes in one time, likely. You're gonna go visit a place, you research, you find the restaurant you want to go to, and you show up and you've got a reservation, maybe it's a birthday or a graduation or something. You want, you only have that 90 minutes or 2 hours for it to be a really great experience. That's it. There's no longitudinal anything in there. You got to get every little bit right. And this is the the this this will be my one challenge to behavioral health people. Stop thinking longitudinally. I know we want to lay out like a a 3 6 12 month outcomes model. That's what I do. I do that for people. But we have to get to the individual moment cuz every one of those little moments when people walk if i walk into the door of a treatment facility and there is a if there is if there's a 5 gallon bucket outside the door with empty cigarette butts in it who wants to go into a place like that to get healthcare i don't so you could fix that if i walk into the place and and immediately i walk in and the person behind the desk is not only behind a desk but behind a computer screen and i can't i can only see like half his face or her face i'm sorry that is so unwelcoming these are all things that could trigger a positive effect about that person's desire to be in that space, that when you get to that, that, that mini moment, um, you sort of create a cascade of of feelings in that person. So all I want to make sure people understand is, yeah, we can, we can track all these long-term outcomes and we can do all these things, but sometimes we got to just got to look at what's that experience of people walking in the door and, what do they smell and what do they hear if it's loud off in the corner and the walls are paper thin and you can maybe hear another session going on next door. I mean, if that's me, I'm go- I'm out of here. I don't want somebody right. to hear my session going on. Those things matter. So your AMAs may not be relevant to the person not wanting to commit to care. It might be the way that they were treated when they walked in the door.
0: Well, you hear it really often when it comes to things that were said during the admissions process or with the marketing team on the phone and they get there and it's different. You you know what you just said reminded me of a of an expression from Maya Angelou. And she said, I've learned that people often forget what you've said and they'll forget what you've did, but they're never going to forget the way you made them feel. Yeah. And it's true. I mean I think that there's definitely a a middle ground, but if you make somebody feel welcome and deal with those details that you're talking about, that will lend to a longer-term engagement as well, without people actually leaving beforehand. So it they do go hand in hand together as well. At the end of the day, it's about helping people and meeting people where they are and, and where they need to be to get the best results for them. And that's why you got to be looking at that data. Because if you're not looking at the data and doing anything with it, then you wouldn't have anything to work with.
1: Yeah, I was at a, um, we were at the the national national uh, drug court conference, drug court uh, treatment conference a couple of weeks ago and was visiting with a judge. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation uh, around the idea that, you know, all of these treatment courts have sort of this designed protocol around sort of this 24 month or 18 month structure of the program and these four phases. And I said, Hey judge, so what's your goal? He's like, I want them to get through all four phases. And I said, how long does that typically take you? And he goes, the 24 months as you know, it's suggested. And I go, are you just trying to meet to the clock of the 24 months? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, yeah, cause that's what we're told. And I'm like, what if there was another way? What if you found out that some of these people are excelling faster wouldn't you want to move them through the gates faster and get them out of your court faster Mm -hmm. and clean up your docket? (laughs) And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, that's what I'd love to do, but that's not what the protocols are. And I think there's another thing too, where we've got these, like this catch 22 sometimes in our field, we see all the protocols, we see what's called, it's like so-called best practices, but somebody else's best practices might not be your best practice.
0: For the people you serve. But you don't know it if you're not collecting the data. That's it all kind of circles back to that, right? I mean, otherwise you're just guessing.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you say that, collecting the data, a lot of people like sort of start to freak out. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what data to collect. And it's like just break down a process and what information do you need at each one of those moments? It's like any business has to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you talk about the the inbound of the marketing to the sales process, to the completing the sale, to the onboarding, to delivering the product, all those things, right? It's, it's not really, once you do that, it's not hard to figure out what must I ask or what must I do to quote capture the data.
0: Very true. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. We appreciate your support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and tell all your friends about the show. And remember, It's never just about one thing.